These are crazy times. Everybody's apart and personally I miss squeezing people and physically seeing people. Our friends at OnPost sponsor this podcast and I am genuinely thankful that in loads of ways they are helping people stay connected at a time when we all have to be apart. Juicy summer strawberries, three ingredient cocktails and reading a good book in the sun with Factor 50 on and a bit of cat and hiding under an umbrella obviously. There are a million things that I'm thankful for today, but what is my guest thankful for? I do agree with you that gratitude is a very beautiful place to begin because when we become grateful for what we do have, we actually can attract more of what we want. Welcome to Thanks a Million. I'm Angela Scanlon and this is the show that takes a sneaky look at my guest's gratitude list to find out the things that have shaped their lives. So today it is the turn of motivational speaker, life coach, founder of HerFuture.com, number one New York Times bestselling author, Gabby Bernstein. Oprah has called her a next generation thought leader and she is quite fantastic. When I announced on Twitter that I was interviewing her for this podcast, some people lost their shit. It's very exciting. I've read her books for for years, Judgment Detox, Spirit Junkie, The Universe Has Your Back, most recently Super Attractor. She's really opened my mind and, and really helped me and I turn uh, to her books when I'm feeling a bit stuck and I've sent them to friends and uh, to family members and she just has a way of making something that feels very otherworldly and inaccessible quite applicable and relatable. Before we get to Gabby, a huge thanks to all of you for listening to the show and for sending in your thanks a million trios. Here are some of my favourites from this week. This is from Janie. Really enjoyed listening to Thanks a Million while decorating our new home. One, my parents for working so hard to tidy up our garden today. Two, my little boy singing You Are My Sunshine With Me Every Night. Cute. Three, your homemade perfect on iPlayer with a cup of tea. Yep, it is on iPlayer. Karina Hughes, I'm grateful for not having to queue today to do my food shop. Lovely. Thankful also for my lovely friend supporting me on a wobbly day and having the sewing bee to watch tonight. Wobbly days are inevitable. Having a good pal to swoop you up, that's that's what you need. Hells bells, gorgeous weather today. My diffuser for smelly sleep and three good week so far. Good to hear. Uh, smelly, it's sleepy, sleepy smell. Oh, sleepy smell. I read that as smelly sleep. What is wrong with me? I was kind of thinking, I don't know how I feel about a smelly sleep, babe. Sounds more like a Dutch oven than a, you know, routine and sleep hygiene, which actually Gabby talks about a little bit in this. I might do more on that later. Anyway, grateful for seeing my bestie. This is from Missy Mop. Even without the hug and from a social distance, it was the best. And finally, Alison, I listen to Thanks a Million in the car. I'm a community nurse and it keeps me smiling during the day. My Thanks a Million today. Um, I'm keeping this one really short, not because I'm lazy, but because my husband, who very cutely listens to the podcast, you know, just to give me critical, constructive feedback, uh, has said, yeah, them bits at the beginning are getting a bit long. <laughs> so I'm going to go with that today. Let me know. Otherwise, if you like a little ramble, Ashling Hazy, finally, I know I said finally before this is half the problem. One, Crocs. The only foot coverings 
that don't hurt when my arthritic knees are sore. Two, reading with my son. He's turning 10 on Saturday and still loves me to read with him. Cute. And my mum calling over for dinner for the first time in forever is numero three. That is it. Let's get into the episode. Enjoy. Okay, hello. How are you? Been great, thank you. Good. I mean, I kind of start with the slightly manic energy. And even when I've been listening to to you speak previously, you know, you're obviously quite a high energy woman, but there's a there's a calmness that you bring. I'm Is that learned? It's it's established. (laughs) It's an established calmness. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's yeah, it's not something that I learned. It's something that I've received as a result of a lot of personal growth. <laughs> okay, okay. Which which started a while ago because obviously, you know, you've done a ton of books. I have read them all. Universe Has Your Back, Judgment Detox, that was a bit tougher. Mm-hmm. I did that in holidays. I don't know if it was the right thing that's to a, do that's on an a interesting holiday. time to do the Judgment Detox. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, and then Super Attractor, which I absolutely loved. I've gifted to my sisters and to friends. Um, you know, this podcast is all about gratitude. And I think of gratitude as the kind of entry point into spirituality. It's like, it's an easy access point, if you like. But, you know, from your point of view, what is the role of gratitude in manifesting? Because that's your big thing. It's something I'm extremely passionate about. But if somebody's listening, kind of manifesting and that whole concept is a bit out there, what can gratitude do to get them the life that they that they want? Starting with the big one, Gabby. Sorry. No, that's not, that's actually a really nice place to start. And I, and I would okay. say that I have been been teaching the power of positive thinking, and I've been guiding people through through spiritual practices for fifteen years. Mm-hmm. And I do agree with you that gratitude is a very beautiful place to begin because when we become grateful for what we do have, we actually can attract more of what we want. Yeah. A lot of times when the way the one of the big reasons why we block our manifesting power, what I would refer to as our super attractor power, we block that power when we are in a place of of resistance, in a in a place of of focusing on what isn't working, what isn't thriving what we need, what we think we need. I I often share a quote from a metaphysical text called A Course in Miracles. And the quote is, the secret to prayer is to forget what you think you need. And so when we ask for something or we want something or we pray for something, we often think it's something that's lacking that we need. But when we forget what we think we need and we really start to just pray for the highest good, pray to feel good, pray to be in an energy of gratitude, redirect our energy, that's just when we become a magnet for what we desire. And that's not just some spiritual mumbo jumbo. It's the law. It's really the law. Mm. The, the, yeah. the, 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 the law is that we will, we will attract to us solutions when we're in a solution mindset. We will attract to us chaos when we're in a chaotic mindset. So we have far more power than we give ourselves credit. And I believe that also what you said of starting with gratitude is a very transformational place to begin because it gets us into a place of focusing on what's thriving. Well, I think that's true. And I wonder, you know, going general, like that idea of, of saying, you know, 
praying for the higher good that feels like oh you're leaving a lot to chance when let's say the secret which obviously is donkey's years old but maybe the the point of reference for a lot of people entering into this world um you know and a lot of their teachings were around you know write a check for a million quid and post it on your ceiling or tear out a picture of a specific car that you want it was very much based in the material world I think and maybe that has slightly confused people that they need this very specific list of things and then they just dial up to whoever's in the sky and it it comes into them. That's an interesting thing you bring up because it's it, it's it's not that what we focus on we will attract so it's not that you can't put your attention and your energy towards focusing on that that plane ticket to you know to the vacation of your dream and then all of a sudden find yourself on the airplane, right? Mm -hmm. It's not that that won't happen. It's just that will it be sustainable? Will will you believe that you're worthy of receiving that? And that's where the deeper work really has to come in of the work of really getting into a place of appreciation for where you are and expectation, a positive expectation of what's coming and to really be in uh, in, and I, I, I really do believe in practice and teach the methods of, a lo- of the law of attraction, but some of what I teach might be quite the opposite, which is often really going to the places that scare us and being brave enough to face the parts of ourselves that are under underdeveloped or the shadow sides of ourselves. Because yeah. my feeling is, is that if we want to attract what we desire into our life, we want to make sure that we can keep it. We want to make sure that we believe we're worthy of it. Because I've seen a lot of people out there attract a lot, but then lose it because it's mm. because there's a, a belief system of unworthiness that isn't a match for what has come through. Okay, so they're playing a game with the universe. It delivers and then they go, oh shit, I was never meant to have this in the first or it's going to, you know, it's never going to stick around. Too good to be true. Too good to be true. Okay, Um, you mentioned the the shadow side and, and kind of embracing that. And I think with with gratitude and with, like you say, teaching positivity, there's an idea in a lot of people's minds that they have to squash anything negative, that anything that is hard that comes into their life is means they're doing something wrong. But I feel like you believe the opposite. Yeah, I really do live in the opposite way. Um, I say in my book, the universe has your back to perceive obstacles as opportunities or obstacles can be detours in the right direction. I guess I guess it's sort of twofold. I don't lean into the fear and let it take over and let it become my reality to the point where I'm immobilized and I can't move forward. But I look at the fear head on. I look at the obstacle. I look at the detour and I allow it to be a guide back to love. In Super Attractor, I actually wrote how our fear is a guide back to love. So when we have the willingness and the bravery to take a look at the ways that we have been hiding or the ways that we have been afraid or the ways that we have been uh, living in a routine or pattern that hasn't been benefiting our highest self, when we have the willingness to go there, that's when we can begin to come out the other side. When you refer to highest self, what what does that mean to you? 
Well, I believe that we all have a connection to a God of our own understanding. And some people might call the voice of inner wisdom God. Some people might call it spirit. Some people might call it intuition. Some people might source. refer to it as source or higher self or or uh, uh, divinity or or it's 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 an inner wisdom, an inner direction. And so I believe that we all have access to a inner voice of inspiration, intuition, uh, empowerment, worthiness. That voice is the truth of who we are. It's based and grounded and rooted in love. And what happens is, is that we've spent our lives detouring away from that voice of love. And so when we do pray, we are asking a spiritual presence beyond our own to guide us back to that voice of the higher self, to bridge our thoughts back to that voice of love, to merge our thoughts with, with God, with the universe, with whatever it is that you're, it's just semantics, truly, call it whatever you want. And I actually say, I don't care what you call it. I call, I care that you call upon it. Mm. Okay, because I used to, I mean, I was brought up Catholic, I'm Irish, and so that was kind of, and, and it, I don't know that it was necessarily a healthy kind of, it was like quite conditional, he was always watching you, and so I had a very odd relationship, which I think a lot of people can relate to with our God, um, but I also used to feel really guilty for after I had kind of stepped away slightly um, from that identity and then when I would when things would go wrong and I would call upon I would feel oh shit I don't I don't deserve to call upon this God because I've kind of neglected him for the la while the while I've been having a good life and now that the shit has hit the fan I'm calling him in that doesn't feel quite right either. Yeah, that's an interesting way of looking at it. And I think that happens to a lot of people when they detour and they, you know, they may have a connection to God through their meditation and their prayer uh, in whatever form that comes. And it mm -hmm. gets and it gets connected and it feels good and life gets good. And then when life gets good and things start to get easy, it's very easy to just say, okay, I got this. I can step away now. Yeah. I'm good. I'm good. I got this. You get cocky, don't you? You can get a little cocky. But mm. you know, then the voice of the ego, the voice of fear wants to say, oh, well, you've completely cut off your connection to God, so you can't get back there. You're done, right? <sighs> but that's actually like a huge part of what I really emphasize in my books is that if you fall off your spiritual connection because you've gotten busy or you got cocky or whatever you call it, that's okay. Forgive yourself. Choose again. Come back fast. And I always say to people, I don't care how perfect your spiritual practice is. I care how quickly you come back to it when you detour. Because if you have a habit of just coming back and coming back and coming back, then it'll be more comfortable for you just to stay there. Yeah. Okay. So forgiving yourself for the detours. Yeah. And then having the willingness to come back quickly. Yeah. Quick. Learn the lessons quick. That's the key, isn't it? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so this morning, Gabby, what are you grateful for? Oh my God, I'm so grateful to feel so good. I'm so grateful that I feel awesome. I've never felt better in my entire life. I feel relaxed and calm and free and connected and faithful and trusting and inspired and creative. And I just feel like, like juicy and I'm just fucking psyched about that that's where my I'm so grateful for that <laughs> I love that and is is that because you know is that after a period where you have felt you know you've spoken openly about you've got a young son and you had a hard time post-birth which I can absolutely uh, relate to and um, does it feel like having come out the other end of that you're more it's, it's 40 years uh coming out the other yeah, okay. end of 40 years of life 
Yeah. I am coming out the other end because I have devoted my life to freedom. I've devoted my life to feeling free. I've been brave. I've been courageous and gone deep into the subconscious unresolved feelings and fears and traumas and stories that I was so that most people will never look I'm not comparing myself I'm just saying it's so scary that most people will never even touch never even contemplate going there and I'm proud to say that I've had the willingness to go there and have had the spiritual faith that I would be okay going there and being safe going there and mm. and and have having had that privilege of being able to afford therapeutic principles and tools and and friendships that have supported my growth and and coming out the other side now standing in what recovery really looks like yeah. now i'm able to really write about the path of recovery from the standpoint of of uh, mental illness as you mentioned or yeah. recovering from addiction and recovering from trauma and and to be able to say there is freedom that there is a path, that there is a way, that there is another way to live. And man, that's what I'm deeply most grateful for. It's amazing. I mean, I have to say that I was, I was surprised. Um, and I don't know, and that feels, uh, it feels judgmental maybe, and it's not supposed to feel like that at all. I think looking in at you from afar, I would have thought, you you know you've got this down as you say it's been near on 40 years of of kind of exploring and going deep and preparing yourself and so to have a you I've got a little girl who's just over two and the idea of you having a son that was so you know so um wanted I guess and and then facing postpartum anxiety uh, afterwards like I feel like if you felt that when you're a equipped for it and most of the time feeling awesome and calm and juicy and free that is quite terrifying. Well listen I think that I actually have not felt happy, juicy, free until now. And I've been in the field of personal growth and spiritual development for 15 years. And in that time, I've faced addiction. I've faced faced, uh, remembering trauma. I've faced mental illness with postpartum depression. And, and, and many, many other things. But, but I still had fun along the way. You can yeah. be going through really tough stuff and still have fun along the way. And, and, and thankfully, when I was in the midst of a lot of the most discomfort, I, I didn't even necessarily have the awareness of how bad it really was. And so that's helpful. That's okay. You know, yeah. you may be looking at your life and you're like, it's okay, but it could be better, but you don't know why. And that's okay. That's okay. That's where you're at. As long as you're consistently in the pursuit of feeling good, you have the power to get to a place where you will feel good. Mm-hmm. So just be in that, that consistent desire for greatness, for feeling that greatness. Yeah, and that desire will eat. Yes. And, joy. And, Yes. And doing whatever it takes to get closer to consciousness, because mm-hmm. that's really where our, our, our peace and our grace lies in, in, in a level of conscious awareness of, of, of who we really are, this, the sense of safety within our body, within our mind, within our, uh, within our history, to be able to feel back into our history and feel safe. And listen, mm-hmm. listen, you know, we, we're, we're having a time where we're really faced with a racial conversation in such a big way. And so I want to acknowledge that, you know, I have the privilege of being able to be uh, going to a place of safety without as much ancestral history, though I am a, a, you know, my, though I am, you know, 
a descendant of the Holocaust. My my my, yeah. my grandmother was a Holocaust survivor, but um, and that I do believe that that those kinds of traumas do live in our bodies, yeah. but uh, some of it may feel closer to our reality than others. Mm-hmm. But we all have the ability to become free from those past traumas, and yeah. that's that's when we become truly free is when we can mm-hmm. can heal the energetic disturbances of the traumas from our past but you got to get in there and root around before you can be free yeah and if you're listening and you're like oh my god how do i get there mm. i'm writing a book for you people so please <laughs> don't worry i'm writing my big 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 book and it's all about this type of freedom and 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 it's going to it's going to save people you know the, the, okay. the, the book will be a catalyst for people and I mean, because I, I've seen you on Instagram, you know, talking about this is the big, this is the big book. This is the this big is book, my baby. big one. This is it. Mm-hmm. Okay, with absolute certainty, you're like, I mean, you're obviously New York Times bestseller. It's pretty big already, but this is the one. Yeah, this is the one. Amazing. I liked. Um, I've I've been following your dear Gabby chats, which yes. I'm into your yes. Instagram lives, and um. I don't know whether it was that or in one of your posts that you mentioned about doing, uh, you know, about doing your writing uninterrupted for two hours a day and how I suppose a lot of us can kind of get in the habit of going, "Mm, I don't have time for that. I don't have time to meditate 20 minutes a day. Who can find that time? Do you think that's just that? I mean, maybe that's resistance or it's not practicing self-love and we dress self-love up as self-care, but actually finding that time to do the things that are important is really the thing. Mm-hmm. Sorry, multiple layered yeah, question there. You know, I think that um, that we we can bring five minutes of stillness to our day, and that's enough. Mm. So it's it's about having, and it's also that it's not about the time that we put in; it's about the connection that we establish in that time. Okay. Now, if you have the privilege of being able to take an hour for meditation or, you know, sit and 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 write and journal for 40 minutes or whatever you can do, that's amazing. But if you have five minutes in the morning, that's amazing too. So I think yeah. it's about giving yourself permission to take the time that you have and to do something with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and every moment, even if you are on a um, in a busy job or if you are out in the world right now as an essential worker or whatever you're doing in the world, you you can see each moment as a spiritual assignment and you can show up for each moment as a growth opportunity. Is that like active meditation? Because I think if people are new to meditation, the idea of sitting down for 20 minutes is like, among other things, quite quite a terrifying prospect for people mm-hmm. but you know mm-hmm. your salad meditation for example mm-hmm. or you know we see people talk about me- walking meditation and it's kind of the act of presence in whatever you're doing what like break that down a little bit yeah I think that that you just said the right word which is the act of presence in whatever you're doing the, being be, bringing presence to the moments be, bringing presence to a conversation bringing presence to a meal that's a meditation bringing presence to cooking you know i i have a busy work day i i spend it takes about an hour to feed my son then an hour to put him to bed after the work day and it's just you know it, it's a lot to be a mom and work right it's just what the real yep. real deal is but then as soon as I'm done with that, all I want to do is run to my kitchen and cook because for me, mm-hmm. it's extremely meditative. So I find that my evening meditation comes in the form of cooking a meal. 
and that's not yeah. for everybody. Not everybody finds that kind of joy in cooking. But 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 let's say that that is that is something that's that's coming through for somebody. Get in the kitchen, get cooking. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever it may be for you, whatever it may yeah. be for you. And so, what does that actually do? The presence, but yeah, cooking being brings me present. into the present moment. Yeah, cooking mm-hmm. brings me into the present moment because it's important yeah. to be able to pay attention to what's you know what's happening. Stay stay connected to the food. Stay connected to the you know to the process to the to the to the joy to the taste to the flavors yeah. to the creativity to the inspiration. All of it. And so is that good? And again, I'm thinking of a listener who's gone, I hear this people throwing around chat about being in the present. What does being in the pre- what benefit? Because I guess a lot of people are motivated by what comes out the other side, which is, I know, counter to the idea of presence. But, you know, from a, let's say, manifesting point of view, what is the benefit of taking time to be in the present moment? Well, there's so many great benefits, but being present has a ripple effect. So everyone around you can feel your energetic connection. You can calm people with that energy. You can calm your own nervous system when you're in the present because it's yeah. it's when we're sort of distracted and leaning into this and looking at our phones and doing this and doing that that we're really shocking our nervous system over and over and over again. But when we allow ourselves to get still or just be focused or just be in the moment of what we're doing, cooking, playing with our child, breathing, whatever it may be, we actually create a much different resonance, a different energetic resonance. And it's a resonance of alignment, being aligned with with a, a source of energy that's at the that is the what you could call inspiration or the source of interconnectedness or the source mm-hmm. of God. And you let that energy move through you when you become very still, very clear, very focused in the moment and yeah. and not, you know, not static and all over the place. Yeah, and good things come. Do you have a thank you next? So a chapter in your life that is done now, something that happened that at the time maybe felt like a disaster, but was, you know, something that you're grateful for in hindsight. It's a long list, honey. (laughs) (laughs) I hear you. (laughs) Um, What's your favorite disaster? (laughs) You know, I think I would say really big thank you to the postpartum depression. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because it brought me to my knees in a way that I don't know if I would have been able to get that far down on my knees <laughs> if I hadn't had that type of that level of of uh, wreckage and um, and fear and anxiety and um, frankly just not wanting to continue. Right. Just wanting it to be yeah. over. Wanting to wanting to end it. Yeah. Okay. So you got that far. Yeah. 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 Okay. And how did, um, w- was that immediately after the birth? Mm-mm. No. And that was what was so scary about it is, you know, typically they say like check for postpartum within the first six weeks of, you know, postpartum. Yeah. And for me, it was about four months later. Okay. And I uh, slowly started having anxiety attacks and then had, mm-hmm. then it turned into insomnia. And the anxiety and the insomnia were so severe that I wasn't sleeping at all. Like, so I had zero hours of sleep. And I think that 
when you have no sleep, that's when you can start to get to the level of depression that is suicidal depression. And that's where I got to. And thankfully, I was guided to get real medical intervention Mm -hmm. and find my way to a medicated path, which saved my life because I was having a biochemical condition. Mm -hmm. But the beauty of that medicated path is that I also became safe. I started to feel a level of safety that allowed me the freedom to go much, much deeper in my trauma healing. Okay. And so I don't think I would never have never have just found my way to a medicated path because of all the stigmas and all of my, you know, spiritual beliefs and bullshit. Um, yeah. So yeah. God Well you like, should have this sorted, which is kind of what I said. Yeah, like to you. yeah, you, oh, gotta, it's surprising. you gotta just make it work and you know, you've got all the tools and so you don't yeah. need to let you know, you don't need to to change your brain chemistry when yeah. thankfully my brain chemistry was changed for me to the level of such, you know, such severe uh, biochemical condition, reconditioning to the point of such such bottoming out that I was yeah. blessed with no other choice to get to that sense of safety and and I would never have been able to get to that level of the level of safety that I needed to get to in order to go really deep into the fearful mm-hmm. past and history. So it was all very clearly divinely orchestrated, and I would not change a single day of it. Yeah. Which is interesting. I spoke to an, an author, Laura Dockrell, who she was a guest on the podcast and she had postpartum psychosis and she says exactly the same thing that yep. her illness is her greatest gift because it actually allowed her to go really deep. I would say the same thing that like severe anxiety and all of the feelings that came up post birth for me for a couple of years were the things that pushed me to um like to really get into the into the mess but i think there's so much um so much shame so much stigma we're supposed to feel like we're in this perfect little bubble you know we've wanted a baby we're so lucky lots of people can't have babies and here you are what's your problem you've got everything you wanted it's mad yeah and it's okay, you know, if somebody's out there and they're afraid of birthing because they're scared of having a postpartum, just don't worry about it. There's safe, there's, you have therapeutic support, you have your OBGYN who you can go to. Yeah. There, there, there is, there is another way and don't be afraid of that because it's mm-hmm. often that when we are so afraid of that, that we actually block the, the, the necessary healing devices healing. that we need. Yeah, yeah. And I do think there are much more open conversations now that allow women to go, I need somebody, I need help and feel safe enough to ask for those things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No. Thank God. Okay. The thanks that got away. You know, I would like to thank my grandmother. I thank her in my spirit relationship with her now, but yeah, I'd like to thank her more for having been a very loving presence in my life. I think when, when around the time that she died, I was really dealing with a lot of uncovered trauma and I was very angry with all of my family members, you know? So when she passed, it was at a time that I wasn't directly angry with her, but just angry at family in general. And, Mm -hmm. uh, of course she felt that. And so it would have been nicer to be where I am now when she passed, but she knows where I'm now and we're still together. So I know that she knows that. I really do. Yeah. 
And you talk about spirit. And I think in in uh, Super Attractor, you speak quite openly about spirit guides and calling in, you know, people from other, I mean, maybe other dimensions. Uh, is that language that you have only felt comfortable using more recently? I've used it in my communities, in my membership community. I've used it on stages when I'm speaking to the choir, right? The Spirit Junkie Choir. Yeah. But now I'm just sort of unapologetic about what I believe to be spiritually, uh, my spiritual connection. Because the reason I can be very fearless about these the language and the words is because I don't force it upon anybody. Because yeah. I my work is about helping people establish a spiritual connection of their own understanding and not get you know hooked into, oh, I have to think like Gabby. So mm-hmm. I can say what I believe just the same way I would hope that you would. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you are vet, you are fearless and I know people have cited like that idea of stepping into your power and you talk about that a lot um what like I don't don't know what the question is here but like how do you how do you encourage people to step into their power so I think there's a lot of fear you know there's talk about fear of success but I think or, or fear of failure even, but actually I think the fear of really embodying everything that you're capable of and your full potential is as um, scary for some people, for most of us probably. I think a lot of people think of success as something that's on the outside. They think of They think of their power as something on the outside, but that's really quite the opposite. So where our true power lies in an internal condition. Our true power lies when in our ability to be vulnerable and authentic and and just real. Whenever we're out of alignment with that authentic place, then we've lost our power. What is the big thank you? Um, I'm profoundly grateful for my husband's willingness to go to be on such a devoted journey of personal growth with me. Yeah. Uh, we, you know, we've we've just we're just we've been together. Oh my god, we were just looking at pictures of ourselves from Berlin like 15 years ago, you know, or nice. 14 years ago, and it's like, yeah. oh, we were babies, and to just look back and see the the growth in our marriage, our friendship, our business partnership, or, or the way that we parent. Mm-hmm. I'm most grateful for that. Is it always you bringing him along? On no, the hell no, trip? hell no, <laughs> no. Um, spiritually, maybe, but but he he's been bringing me along in the same sense that that the undeveloped parts of me were always a reflection of the undeveloped parts of him, and mm. we were this beautiful mirror for each other to grow. And because yeah. of his bravery and his willingness to grow, and my bravery and my willingness to grow, we've been able to come to a new level of of connection. And so when you can allow your relationships to be spiritual relationships, that's when there's great opportunity for growth. Mm -hmm. And um, how how has parenting affected that? It's just been such a deeper bond because my son is truly obsessed with my husband. Okay. I am, a, I am so definitely like, uh, I, I take the back seat, guys. I take the back seat. <laughs> and, uh, Same. Yeah, they're madly in love. And yeah. um, so I have to know, I have to have another one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one each. Uh, exactly. No, no, my son is, is uh, the, the, the COVID pandemic was a great thing for my, my connection and bond with my son, though, because mm-hmm. 
we didn't have any childcare for several months and yeah. it just gave me such devoted time with my child that because I suffered from postpartum depression, I didn't, uh, some of that bonding time was really lost because of the, the despair that I was in for so many months. And then even in the recovery of it, it took months to get out of, months and months to get out of. I mean, I only yeah. think I started to really stand on two feet like a year later, you know? So yeah. like the, the baby and I, it's not, I don't think he was negatively affected in any way, but I don't think that the bond was established as much as it could have been. So since we've been in quarantine, my baby is super connected but he still is much more in daddy's love with daddy. boy. <laughs> yeah. I totally relate to that though because yeah. I kind of when when covid hit and lockdown hit I was like okay there's two ways looking at this like work has fallen off whatever all of the different things and all of the fears and then I thought you know what I'm going to frame this as the maternity leave that I never gave myself Beautiful. and it suddenly turned into this gorgeous time where we could be you know yeah normal no, no childcare, no external things I had to you know myself and my husband had to communicate properly where you know I'm doing a call at this time it was like this it was it actually has been so brilliant for our relationship as a family and again yeah for my bond with with my daughter it's been lovely mm-hmm, mm-hmm, really beautiful. lovely I'm so glad yeah it's good um okay the gift that you are most grateful for I most recently received an earring from a girlfriend of mine who's a, her name is Jen Meyer. She's a beautiful jewelry designer. And she sent me this fuck earring. (laughs) (laughs) And it's one earring that you wear. And I was like, Jen, what can I wear on the other side? She's like, whatever you want, you know? Um, The fuck (laughs) earring is very, um, very, makes me very happy. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> so do you wear it if you're like in a bit of a grump or busy? No, or just... it was like she posted it right when we were all sort of like in the midst of quarantine. And and um, I was like, yeah, I think that's, you know, says it all. I want yeah. that. <laughs> um, I think uh, I just want to finish by asking you about about surrendering. Okay, Mm -hmm. because I think, you know, around this time, we've all kind of had to surrender a little bit. Um, But your uh, your idea around surrendering and giving up that um, the the obsession with the outcome. Yeah. We're like surrendering into life. It feels relaxing just thinking about it. Yeah, I think that um, surrender is something that we can only truly experience when we develop a regular communication with a higher power. Because for me, what surrender means is recognizing that my action, my will, my way isn't actually going to be the answer, that I have to step back and let the answer be revealed to me. So just as an example, you know, I have this orchid garden in my bathroom, in my office, and I wish it was in my, the main, the main area of my, um, actually I might move it. I might move it, but it's just doing so well. Oh, don't move it. Don't move it. It's doing so well. It's just thriving in the bathroom, but I just can't look at the orchids that often. So that's why Mm. I miss them. But But poos um, are special. Yes, exactly. When I go to the bathroom, (laughs) I get to see my orchids. Um, But they, the, you know, the orchids are such a great, metaphor for surrender because really you just want to leave an orchid alone and I just you know I water them when I think about it and then I let them go and they just come back you know they go away for a while and then they faithfully come back and it's just sort of reminding me to do nothing and let the universe show me what to do 
Okay. Okay. So just like cease control. Yeah, let it go. (laughs) So easy to say, so hard to do. It actually gets easier (laughs) and easier to say the more you practice it. So in in, uh, The Universe Has Your Back, there's a chapter called When You Think You've Surrendered, Surrender More. And then I share my steps to spiritual surrender in... um, if somebody wants more on this topic, just watch my Oprah's Super Soul Sessions talk. You can just get it on YouTube. It's just this, my steps to surrender and they work. I live them and I can live like an orchid. I love that. I want to live like an orchid, Gabby. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, I, I said at the intro and we'll put this up the top, but that Oprah cited you as one of the thought leaders of the future. Who do you think are the the thought leaders that we should be looking at now you aside sorry i'm totally putting you on the spot here but no, are there anyone no, there there are um so a student of mine who i actually just got off the phone with today his name is demario he he my mentor friend raw goddess and i both are just like he is the future like this is the future of demario and then there's another woman who i most recently i mean she's my generation but she's definitely like going to be a visible thought leader is a woman i met through instagram she joined on my instagram live show and she was in the she was in the she was in the hospital about to deliver her baby when she did she's like belly out it was an an amazing (laughs) moment her name is Kay roche and she and i've just become very close on on um, friends we've never met physically but we've become close friends and uh, she's just a, a transformational spiritual voice amazing um thank you so much I know you're crazy busy writing the book of your life and so I really really appreciate you taking the time to come on uh, on the show thanks for having me this you, your voice is pleasure. lovely it's so nice thanks. to be with you. <laughs> <laughs> Big, big, big thank you to Gabby. She's a very busy woman writing the book of her life. So I appreciate madly that she took the time out. If this has sparked any ideas for you about what you're thankful for this week, do drop me a line with the hashtag Thanks a Million Trio or you can find me at Angela Scanlon on all the usual spots. And go check out the brilliant guests that we've had on this series from George the Poet to Nicola Coughlin. Just subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify or on your smart speaker of choice. Oi, Alexa! Do your thing. And if you're loving the show, please do write us a review on Apple Podcasts. Honestly, it makes a massive, massive difference and helps spread the word. I know it can be a bit fiddly and a little bit annoying, but I tell you, I am deeply and profoundly grateful for your support. And also, if you like the podcast, send it around. Share the love. Whore me about. I'm absolutely fine with it. Thanks again to Gabby, to producer Sarah Miles at Rethink Audio, and to you all for listening. Thanks a million. Thanks a million.